What's up, Palm Queens? Welcome to the Palms Up Podcast, where we help former pro team dancers and cheerleaders look and feel like themselves again through uplifting conversation and inspiring personal stories. I'm your host, Jada Davis. Today, we have Karen here. Karen, she's a registered dietitian and former Roar cheerleader. That's how we know each other. Former teammates. Um, Professionally, she has practiced clinical nutrition in the inpatient and outpatient settings. She currently works with transitioning tube feet patients from the hospital to home care in Jacksonville. Her nutrition philosophy includes food freedom, mindful eating, and promoting health through habit change over restriction. Everyone, welcome Karen. Hello. Thank you for the applause, Jada. You're welcome. <laughs> that was a great bio. It sounds like I almost wrote it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically everything you covered is what, just in a nutshell, what I'm doing now. Um, on my Instagram, I was like posting a lot about kind of like w- ways to change your nutrition that were not restriction or like fad based. Um, but now you probably notice I've slowed down a little bit. Um, I moved back to Jacksonville and I'm working in a full-time position where I help patients who are on tube feeding in the hospital, whether it's because they um, can't swallow from a stroke or from cancer, or they're just severely malnourished and they need some supplemental nutrition from home tube feeding help them get from the hospital to home care so they feel confident that they can administer their own home tube feeding and make sure they feel comfortable with it. Because obviously, like if you've never, you're eating by mouth all the time and then you have like a big life event that causes you to have to go to tube fed, um, it's pretty overwhelming. Um, So it's, you want like a good team to be there to help you to make that transition and to make sure that you get like all your supplies and all your formula. And so that you, you know, you feel safe and you're going to be fed. (laughs) That's important. Out here saving lives. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Anyone that steps foot in the hospital saving lives. So, um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I definitely still have the same philosophy of, you know, being more flexible with your nutrition and not being so strict and kind of just making little changes throughout your day to make your your life healthier. I just haven't been posting it on Instagram as much. Yeah, we'll get into um, hashtag lazy girl lunch in a little bit. I'm making things. Um, I'm actually going to title the episode that. (laughs) Yes. So as I mentioned before, me and Karen are fellow Roar teammates. Mm-hmm. So, um, go ahead and give a little snippet of your pro cheer experience. Um, so it was it was short. Um, I tried out for the Jags once. Well, I grew up dancing. So, and then when I went to college, I joined Seminole Dance Force, which is a club dance team at Florida State. And then, um. After that, I did my master's, so I took time off from dance. And then as soon as I started working, I kind of wanted to do it again. And um, I tried out one year, and I didn't make it. So I trained, and I made it the next year. And then um, at the end of that year, I um, was 
I ended up moving to South Florida with my boyfriend, now fiance. So I had to leave. Um, I wouldn't say that like I kind of quit on my own accord. Like I would really love doing it. It wasn't like anything that I felt like I was done with dance or like anything dramatic like that. I was just, just moving. So I had to leave the team. Um, and I was at a foot surgery, but I, I would have been fine after that. Um, I actually danced the whole season with like this really bad toe thing that I probably shouldn't have been putting in boots all season, but ended up having to get surgery. Um, so a little short bow and, um, I like to keep up with any kind of dance that I can now. Um, whether it's like Jada's class or, you know, one vibe class, um, or any other kind of hip hop classes I found in South Florida while I was there. Yeah. Cause that was actually one thing that I was going to ask, like, how did you decide to hang up your palms after just one season? Like, did you like not enjoy it or? Um, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was like any of that. I don't think I. No, I like always enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time. I don't like. I felt like I was kind of not forced to, but I was just like. Um, it was just life happened, so. And, uh, yeah, I I get how that happens. Mm -hmm. So now that we all know why, um, you hung up, quote unquote, hung up your palms after one year, which I feel like the whole life just happens thing happens to a lot of people where um, you get a new job or, and you have to relocate or, um, you know, family events. Yeah. Getting pregnant. It's like, I didn't want to leave, but, you know, life kind of happened and I had to make a choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, everyone juggles like a lot of different things. So it's just like what carries the most weight and what things can go by the wayside. You know, like if it's a family event or something like that, that's always going to take precedent over, um, you know, your, your second job or your hobby or your, I mean, even if it's your passion, like that's, those things just go to the wayside sometimes. Yeah. So you are a registered dietitian. Mm -hmm. I am a health coach, Mm -hmm. which are, which those are two different things, completely different things. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, RDs kind of look down on a lot of health coaches. And I think it's mainly just because a lot of health coaches try and, you know, step out of their scope of practice and start dipping in things that, they have no business dipping into. Yeah. Um, but go ahead, since you are the more red, um, more educated, more highly qualified individual, if you can <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> uh, describe the difference between the two. Okay. Um, so registered dietitian is someone who can practice medical nutrition therapy, um, which is Nutrition therapy, when you take a person's medications, their disease state, their labs into mind, and you're able to use their disease state in order to prescribe a diet, um, counsel them, um, whether so like even like tube feeding, like I was talking about earlier with the patients who can't eat by mouth, that would be something that a registered dietitian could do that a health coach could not do. Um, health coaches are great for a lot of things. Um, 
first of all, they're a lot more accessible to most people. Registered dietitians are not the most accessible to your regular person. Um, usually find us in hospitals, working for big companies, um, doing stuff like I am now. Um, even in the community, um, at like um, WIC, you'll find dietitians. Um, but even then, um, a lot of people have a hard time finding dietitians where a health coach might be easier or more accessible. Um, the benefit of a registered dietitian for some people is that a lot of insurances are going to cover it because it is um, medi like medical, medical nutrition therapy. So your insurance will cover it. Insurance probably is not going to cover a health coach, but it might. Um, you just have to ask your insurance. And, you know, if you're paying out of pocket, maybe a health coach is um, more accessible that way. Maybe a health coach is less money um, than a registered dietitian would be to see hourly. So maybe that is the benefit to you. Um, I think you're spot on when you say that, you you know, sometimes health coaches can be looked down upon. And I think it's because when people get out of their scope of practice. So when I have, if I have a patient coming to me that's saying, you know, this person told me not to eat carbs at this gym, you know, that's, to me, it's raising red flags, or they're saying to cut out entire food groups, or they're just saying exercise more and eat less and less and less. And it's, you know, you're not thinking about like how they could be affected, you know, by a disorder. But that doesn't mean that there aren't good coaches that inspire people every day and that, um, you know, improve people's life and health. I don't think that's true. I think it's, you know, the same if you're looking for a doctor. Not every doctor is going to be the doctor for you. Not every health coach is going to be the health coach for you. And not every registered dietitian is going to be a dietitian for you. Someone's improving your health and your life. That's the person you should go to. Yeah. And I think the, the word that um, that stands out and what's that's really the main difference is that nutrition or sorry, registered new, uh, dietitians um, focus on nutrition and nutritional aspect and how that affects the client or the individual health coaches. Um, like when I work with a client, I'm focusing more on mindset and developing healthy habits. And again, you know, food is going to be a part of that conversation, but I'm not going to tell you what you should eat, giving you personalized meal plans um, or telling you what you shouldn't eat, things like that. It's just the overall general information that if you spent a good deal of time looking it up for yourself and doing the research, you'd be able to uh, find it for yourself. But health coach gives you that information as more of an accountability partner in that aspect. Yeah, and I think it probably would be beneficial for someone to have both a dietitian and a health coach. Yep. Um, I don't see where there can't be a collaboration there at all. With you being a registered dietitian, um, you've been doing that for a while. So you were cheering with being having that under your belt. Um, and because you're so pro food freedom and against, you know, this whole diet culture, that we experience on the daily, um, what were some things that you, or did you see some things and experience some things from maybe fellow teammates um, that kind of were like red flags? Um, so growing up in dance, like um, anyone that has, you see like red flags everywhere. Um, I Even like in high school, I had a lot of teammates that ended up, unfortunately, like being hospitalized with eating disorders. And it does create this negative culture against your body that you feel very insecure. And it's 
it makes sense. Um, there's sports that you're just going to be your, your body's part of it. Your aesthetics are part of it. Like, like dance, gymnastics, even wrestling. Um, there's a lot of sports that are aesthetic based. And, um, so it's going to be hyper-focused and you're going to think that there's something wrong with you because your body's like different than someone else. I would say that I saw it a lot worse when I was in high school than as opposed to professional, but you still see undertones of it. Um, professionally, like we're adults and people like, um, kind of know a little bit more at this point and you're more confident, you're, uh, you know, what you're doing, but you also see people that are like, Oh, we have a game. I'm not going to eat any carbs or just making jokes about not eating carbs, not even doing it. Just being like, Oh, I can't eat this, this, and this for the, for the game this week. And it might not always be like serious, but those undertones that are there that are like kind of, even if they're for yourself, bashing yourself is not going to be beneficial for your body, your eating or your mindset either. You want to go in being like, okay, I'm feeling nourished for game day. You want to go in on game day and be like, okay, my stomach settled. I didn't eat, you know, you know, I drank the right things and ate the right things. So my stomach feels settled. So I don't throw up on field, not so you're like, oh my God. So I don't look a certain way. Um, Because if you're doing these healthy habits, normally that's going to affect the way you look and, you know, and you want to do the healthy habits, not just for the six pack, but for be able to make it through those long games because four and a half hours on 100 degree field, right? you need good nutrition. <laughs> That's something that always blew my mind because I was always like, I need, I need carbs. Like, where are the carbs? Like, they bring the food in for us. And I was like, I'm going to pass out if I don't have these carbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and one thing that I really like about the Jaguars in general is that they do have a dietitian that works for them. And I would see like little notes around like where our meetings were that it would be like, make sure you eat this before you work out or like, here's a good healthy snack idea. So you do see that around Mm -hmm. the stadium, which is nice that you have that positive um, outlook. And I would say like, I, I don't know how other teams are. I didn't think our team was just in my experience was outrageously bad, but I did have a lot of people coming up to me and being like, Karen, you're going to put me on a diet. Right. And I'd be like, ha ha ha. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. And also I'm not judging you either. Like I, that's not what I, what I went into nutrition for. I went into nutrition for nourishing. Do you see how like having those thoughts and ideas towards um, how to nourish your body or I guess not nourish it (laughs) do you think that carries on into post your life into retirement like a lifelong mindset towards how to feed your body um definitely so if you're thinking about just like aesthetic reason when you're cheering you're probably like in really good shape during the season and what happens and this happens with people who aren't professional cheerleaders but I think this probably happens exponentially with us is that once you stop, if you're not in those same habits you were, or you're not getting a spray tan all the time or putting in hair extensions all the time, you know, all those things that we do, um, that you have like a negative self-esteem. And one thing that we have to realize is that you're not meant to look the same throughout your whole life. Um, I've gotten so many clients, like outpatients, not through my own practice, but through the hospital that come for weight loss when really they've been struggling with bad dieting their whole life and their self-esteem is just so low because they don't look like what they used to look like. 
And you're not supposed to look the same at 18, at 26, at 35, at 40. And you're not supposed to look the same. But when you have that expectation that, oh, you were a cheerleader, you feel like you're supposed to look the same as you did. And that's you part of accepting who you are and not letting it get you bogged down that you're developing that thought process into unhealthy um, or restrictive habits. Yeah. So like about these fad diets, <laughs> I, these terms, I feel like they can be used interchangeably, even though they're not the same thing, but they both apply to fad diets. Counterproductive and counterintuitive. Do you agree? Yes. Um, so counterintuitive, because usually what fad diets do, why we like them at first is because they give us rules. Rules seem easy to follow until they're not. And let me explain. It's This is where the counterproductive and counterintuitive comes into place. So if you're given a rule that you can't eat a certain food group, you're like, oh, I don't eat dairy anymore. Okay, just use that example. And or you can't eat carbs anymore. So like, okay, I won't eat carbs. That seems easy. I know exactly what to eat. Thanks. I won't eat carbs. And you're doing that for one day, two days, three days. And you're like, okay, I got this. There's no, no carbs. I'm so good at this rule. But then your body comes knocking. It's like, what the hell? It's like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden the rule is not so easy to follow anymore because your body doesn't want you to follow it. And that's where it's counterintuitive. Your body doesn't want to do it, even though the rules seem easy in your mind. And that's why dieting can seem super um, like awesome at first is because you're like, oh, I have these rules. I know how to follow instructions. I know how to follow rules, but your body doesn't want to follow those rules. And when your body comes to tell you not to follow those rules anymore, it comes back with a vengeance. And that's usually when you get like the binging or like falling off the track or you're like, oh, my God, why did I eat all that ice cream? Because if you weren't following that diet in the first place, you probably wouldn't have responded with some kind of binge. So that's like the counterintuitive counterproductive counterproductive, I would say, is that usually fad diets, when you first try them, you're usually like a lot of people, they're like a teenager when they first try one it's really sad, but it's true. You're like 14 and you're like, Oh, you know, my friend told me that my ballet, you know, tights look tight or something. So you try your first fad diet and it works great. And it's because, and your metabolism, you know, hasn't been tricked yet. So you try it works great. Try it works great. Try it five more times works great. All of a sudden it doesn't start to work so great anymore because your metabolism has caught up to the fact that you are in starvation mode. And that's where it's counterproductive. So instead of making small changes, and maybe even if you do have to lose weight, losing weight slowly over time, your body catches on to these extremes that you're doing, and it comes back and it goes into starvation mode. And that is counterproductive. Um, usually you're losing fat and water, or you're losing muscle and water, you're not losing your fat. So then your metabolism is going to slow down, you're not going to be toned, like you probably want to be and you pretty much get the opposite of what you first initially wanted. Yeah, and you, I feel like you end up gaining a lot more weight um, back from than what you wanted to lose. You end up right where you were, maybe a yeah. few pounds heavier. Yeah, and instead of 
you know, learning to listen to your body, which would be something that would be intuitive and, you know, maybe focusing on things like um, gentle nutrition, like making sure you're getting enough vegetables, making sure like sometimes you have more whole grains or things like that. You're doing such extremes that when you stop doing it, you don't know what to do anymore. Um, and that's where you get the weight gain back. Yeah. And did you switch from the uh, <laughs> no dairy to no carbs because because <laughs> I don't eat dairy? Yeah. Well, no, also <laughs> me about it because I was like, OK, well, a lot of vegans don't eat dairy. And that's not like they usually replace it with a dairy alternative as opposed to a, like a lot of people cut carbs. Um, <laughs> I was like, Karen's trying to be nice to me. I was like... <laughs> I did. I was like, uh, <laughs> well, like that's not in a restrictive way. Usually like if people cut out dairy, it's like lactose or. Yeah, um, that's what. Yeah. Because if I, if I drink a milkshake, uh, you're not going to like, I, Brandon would not be happy sleeping with me. Yeah. Um, no, and there's, and there's dairy alternatives. It's not like when you're, it's not like if you're gluten free, you don't have a gluten free alternative. It's like, if you're cutting out carbs, it's not like you have a carb, your carb free alternatives are still maybe cutting out carbs. Mm hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different and there's different reasons, reasons to cut out different foods. Um, intolerances are a great reason. Allergies are a great reason. Um, just that you just don't like it is a good reason. Um, mm -hmm. not a good reason is because someone told you to, to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grapes make, I heard grapes make you fat. Oh my God. If I hear about carrots having sugar one more time, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Yeah. So what are some things uh, we should practice for for better health instead, instead of um, focusing on what's going to help me lose the weight and get back to my cheer bod? Yeah, um, I would say first thing, like positive self-talk. Um, every time you look in the mirror and you say something negative about yourself, imagine that you're saying it to your best friend and I promise you will stop because you would never say those things to someone that you love and care about. Um, eating, um, listening to your hunger and fullness cues um, is not always easy for people when they have been ignoring them for so long. So I always just start with make sure you eat three meals a day. It doesn't have to be a perfect meal. Just make sure you're eating at least three meals a day. So you're not going so long without eating that you Ignore your hunger and fullness cues. Um, just adding more fruits and vegetables any way you can. If you can aim to make half your plates fruits and vegetables, that's a good start. Um, you don't have to be like, if you don't like salads, you don't have to eat salads. You can cut up some mushrooms and add it to your spaghetti sauce for all I care. Just get some kind of vegetable in there. Um, and then if you're trying to tone up, don't go on the treadmill for hours and hours and hours. Just lift some weights a couple times a week. Um, that'll help. Amen. Strength training. And, uh, you know, if you can't work out, it's not the end of the world. Just go for a walk with your dog. Just do something. You know, <laughs> life gets crazy. Something is better than nothing always. Right. Like, let's take what I ate today. Let's dump Jada's food diary. Okay. <laughs> so um, analyze this for me, Karen. Okay, I got you. <laughs> it was supposed to be my day off, but I ended up going into work. So I didn't have time to cook the breakfast that I wanted. Uh, and so a coworker bought us all Starbucks. So I had a slice of the Starbucks banana bread, a.k.a. cake. Oh, my God. Um, it's good, though. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, I had a tall 
almond milk honey flat white Ooh. hot beverage. Um, didn't eat for five, six hours. Um, at work, I was very, very hungry. Um, stopped by Publix on the way home, grabbed a sweet earth frozen veggie vegan pizza, ate the whole thing. <laughs> um, and then right before our uh, little talk today, chugged a, a cup of um, chamomile tea. Well, you know what I find interesting about your little recall is that um, you included your hunger and fullness and the reason and your barriers to why you didn't have, quote unquote, like the perfect day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important part is not being perfect every day, but understanding where your barriers were. So you didn't plan to go into work, but if you did plan to go into work, you probably would have brought a breakfast, right? I would have eaten or, or snack. Yeah, yeah, or a snack. So, you know, knowing that those are your barriers and like next time you'll be like, okay, I'll grab an apple on my way out the door. So I'm not starving by the time I get home. Because <laughs> that All is right. the worst when you're, it happens to me too. I was literally standing there and I'm like, I'm salivating. <laughs> yeah. I announced it out loud. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't do the same things. Like when I work for too long, I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh my God. And I'll run into a gas station. I'll get a protein bar. Cause I'm like, I need something. And then, um, and I know it will hold me over and I'm like, okay, this is the best I can do today. But you know, next time I got it. And you know, the lazy girl lunches is like huge with that. And that is like my life because we're renovating our kitchen. So we haven't had a kitchen since we've moved to Jacksonville. Um, I've had like a refrigerator. so like today and a toaster so today I bought like some deli meat and a bag salad and um like tomatoes and apples and just like things you can make really easily together without having to have a kitchen which is almost the definition of a lazy girl lunch yes people underestimate the power of a bowl a bowl literally if you just throw food together you can have the tastiest thing. And like people think they have to have like this whole planned out fancy like plate and meal. And it's not even that serious. It's not that complicated. No, it's not. We if overthink you, it. If you can pick a protein, a carb and a vegetable or a fruit, you're set. Like you don't need anything fancy. And maybe dress it up with a little sauce. <laughs> and a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and sauce. Don't forget about sauce. Um. I'm getting hungry now too. I haven't eaten till about I haven't eaten since about noon. Um, but I I eat dinner late. Um, that's that's just our habits. We we come home from work and we do all these crazy things. We're knocking down a wall right now. We run around, then we eat about eight at night. So I think uh, Europeans do that. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time out of your evening where you're supposed to be breaking down walls to sit and talk with me. We were breaking down walls, Jada, together. In so many different ways. Wow, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, Cliche as ever. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Pops Up Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Pops Up Health and Fitness, leave us a review, and or share this episode with a friend, a former teammate, or anyone else you think would be interested. 
Your support helps Palms Up reach, encourage, and empower more alumni. See you next time. Thank you.